covering all your favorite parts of the 50-yard fight. This is the Inside the Walls podcast with Zach Heilman and Jim Bernier. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Wednesday Rewind. I am Jim Bernier. Alongside me is my co-host, Zach Kyleman. Hello. And welcome to the 38th edition of Inside the Walls podcast, reviewing all the action from week four of the National Arena League. First off, we just want to say thank you to our listeners out there. We have surpassed 4,000 downloads and views for our show. Woo-hoo! Again, just yes. want to say thank you. Really appreciate it. Um, we're moving up in the world. Literally moving up in the world. But then again, hey, we're a podcast. Break, so we can't get... Song. Moving no. on up. Moving on up. That's all I got for you. Got greens, greens, uh, greens, tea, <laughs> sales. That, that Thanksgiving, yeah. The Thanksgiving song. That's all you need. But thank you again, everyone, for uh, for supporting us and people who reached out to us over the last week. Um, it's going to be a big week of NAL coverage here on an Inside the Walls podcast, live on YouTube and on NationalArenaLeague.com forward slash videos or on the front page of the National Arena League's website. You can find it at NationalArenaLeague.com. Also, follow us on Twitter at Inside in Walls Pod. Instagram and Facebook. We're very active on those chats. Uh, the speak of the witch week four action was just completed some interesting games and a holy moment in Jacksonville that we didn't predict, but we did predict who's going to win the game. Mm-hmm. Yay. Sharks. But anyways, <laughs> um, besides from that out of the league news around the league, really nothing big at the moment that's happening around the league of uh, just transactions, uh, people injured lists, uh, one of the league's things that we want to talk about that was big, but we didn't know about until after we've already recorded our show, and that was Danny Southwick signing with the Columbus Lions. Didn't know that, and we did a show, then we were formed after it. So that was a big announcement that we should have broke on the show that unfortunately we couldn't give to you. Um, but yeah, yeah, we it happens, you know, sometimes things just kind of slip after the fact. You the know? question is, would it would have changed our prediction of last week's game? Not me. Not me either. Uh, okay, honestly. so I'm... I'm, yeah, I'm it would have been the I'm, same I'm, either way. Like, no doubt about it. Yeah, so it, would, it wouldn't change. It wouldn't change me, my opinion about the game, and yours. Uh, then other news that's happening, uh, McGruder for Albany has been lifted off the IR list, and he is currently active for the Albany Empire. So for the Albany Empire fans, you might have Kenneth McGruder back in the backfield or in the defensive backfield this weekend when you guys play host to the Jacksonville Sharks. So overall, week four was intriguing. I did know we had to have official attendance numbers for Jacksonville. 6,422 were in attendance in Jacksonville for the Orlando, uh, for the Carolina, uh, excuse me, Columbus and Sharks know. game. And in Orlando, couldn't confirm it. Um, it was a mixture of numbers between 2,100 to 2,800 is what I was getting, but for matinee game in Orlando, where there's a lot of things to do in Orlando during the day, back to back weeks of being at home, you know, add on yeah. that factor too. Uh, I think that was a, a pretty good number for them to uh, for a Sunday game. But overall, the action, my opinion, the overall landscape before we break the games down is that quality of football is getting better. The movement of these games are getting better, and uh, yeah, 
people still complain about the reviews and penalties. Yeah, that happens. It seems like that's the common concern in any league, no matter what level it is about football that we love. It's the referees are taking too long to review. The referees are taking long to call the call. Why do they keep throwing flags? Well, it's the referees. It's football. Without them, we'll be complaining about not having flags. Just saying. And review times. But overall, it's a good weekend. And to the fans out there, if you didn't watch in the action and you're listening to us right now, it's time for us to do some recap of week four action of the National Arena League. So let's do how the games were presented this week. Jacksonville and Columbus. Well, 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 well. There's a lot to unpack um, First off, where is Columbus's offensive line and have they shown up? You know, I asked the same question. Now, now credit, it was pointed out to us, you know, Danny did fall down for about three of those. Nonetheless, huh? five sacks in arena. Mm-hmm. That's still a lot of sacks, guys. I mean, in any football league, quite frank, sacks don't usually happen as often in arena football because generally no. you're getting the ball out. You're getting it to your receivers. There's no reason pressure should be getting back there. And you're not doing stunts and twists because, well, yeah, I mean, it's illegal. You can't do that. So uh, the fact that even five sacks happen via just pressure and good coverage alone, I mean, I'll give kudos for sure to the uh, Sharks secondary for allowing that to happen. Um, I mean, Danny Southwick kind of got thrusted in last minute, as we mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. literally last show, minute, yeah. very last minute. Um, he looked like it a little bit that he was very much just in getting in there and Hey, you, you do the best that you can with your ability. And with yeah. our guys out there, like Townsend and Forsen, we'll make it work. It didn't exactly work. Uh, just very disjointed throughout most of the night. And by the second half Jacksonville, that was really when most they did their damage in terms of sacks and just destroying drives, you know, third and fourth quarter, they just wrecked the lions in terms of mm-hmm. getting possessions. They flipped the field and they just coasted on through once they got yeah. to the fourth quarter. I mean, flipping the script and making explosive plays when you can. Yeah. Well, the official stats on the NAL website, a little off-putting in my opinion. They said there was eight sacks on Danny Southwood. I rewatched the game. There was actually 10 sacks. That So there's two sacks unaccounted for. Uh, I thought that the reason why there was eight is because there was a penalty maybe that could have erased the race to sack, but it wasn't right. Uh, what, what's intriguing about the whole thing is Danny Southwick is a, a veteran. He's been around the block. He's done his thing and they were in a game. It just felt like Danny Southwick had that rookie moment. Like he didn't know what was going on. He looked like he was not calm at all. And what's really stinks for Columbus is that now this is, you can honestly say this is three straight bad performing games uh, for the Lions. Yeah, they did win the first game against Jacksonville, did win against San Antonio, but it's un-Columbus-like. But yeah, it was just, to me, I think it was more of a road game in Jacksonville. Jacksonville 0-3, desperate for a win, and they showed up and just dominated. And props to Malik Henry. Uh, he has over the last three weeks has gotten better and better and better as a quarterback. He's leading the league in uh, passing yards. He's leading the league in touchdowns. He's, he's learned the game. The game's starting to slow down, which is good for Jacksonville. Also Devin Wilson doing Devin Wilson. Thanks. And the guys catching things everywhere. Starting to him. 
continuing streak, 31 straight games with a touchdown, the longest active streak in the National Ring League and is a current record. So each time he's catch a touchdown, it's a record. I think the closest guy to him is like Darius Prince, maybe. I think I got to yeah. look back instead. I might have to go I reach mean, out to it, our contacts. And he did it in impressive fashion, too, as usual. You know, yeah. we're talking over the barriers type of catch. You know, the thing you expect from a guy like Wilson, really just Wilson in general. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, getting fireworks, getting the shark tank pumped up. You know, it's just a, all in a day's work for the for the yeah. man, the myth, the legend himself. But what was very impressive is not not the sacks that Jacksonville was getting or the turnovers Jacksonville was getting. They had four drives on top of those sacks or on top of those sacks that were four and outs. Mm-hmm. They were there was points and there was a drive in that game that Columbus had the ball on Jacksonville's 15 and it was fourth down from their own one yard line. It was there was one possession their back to back possessions where Columbus went back and they were getting hit with false start penalties at a false start. Penalty. It was very ugly for Columbus. This is. I don't think like Columbus fans out there might say, no, the NAL championship game from 2018 was worse than this game. I don't know. This Jacksonville dominated this game from the get-go. Yes, the score at the halftime didn't look like a dominating factor, but they manhandled Columbus. This was a manhandling of the Columbus Lions. Well, in the first, and, well, first half, I mean, they couldn't. Here's the thing. I mean, both teams up until you know Jacksonville got that late TD going into the half, they couldn't get out of each other's way for really correct. for that most of that first quarter. You know, seven to ten going in the first going out of your first quarter, that's low for any arena game. So we were like, uh, it, you know, for all this is like, geez, this might be a defensive slugfest. But you know, second half was really where you know Jacksonville just seemed like you know you had Coach Burley and them settle things down at halftime. And they just let their front, their front three, front four go out and play and just kind of take advantage of what Columbus wasn't able to execute on. I mean, and we're not talking just like stop start offense. We're talking bad penalties and miscues. I mean, for a Jason Gibson team, this felt like a really off night. I mean, this is something I, if I'm going, if I'm going back to Columbus, Georgia, I'm throwing that tape away and just saying, we need a clean slate this week going into our buy. Forget about that game, the Shark Tank. We got we're one and one with them this season. We just need to figure stuff out and get a week down where we rework on the mechanics and the basics of how to run a fundamentally sound football team. I I don't know how I can't top that. That's preaching to the choir, my friend. It, <laughs> it, it, it I don't that well. They got people outside the league that's saying that certain coaches in certain positions were given this opportunity because they're former players and that they could be bringing down a team. I don't see that in Columbus. I just don't. Uh, no. I think Columbus is just hitting the rough patch. They have another bye week. Yeah, you got it. You went off a bye week after two wins. Go to Jacksonville, who was desperate for a win. Um, Jacksonville blew them out, got their win. And now Columbus is like, well, we got to go back to the drawing board and get ready for Albany in, in two weeks. Right, but right. Does that tell me or scream me that the program, the foundation, the franchise that is Columbus is falling apart? No, I just think they're just having an un-Columbus-like season, and it's just been just three games, and they're two and one. Well, adopted on the fly. I mean, and again, like Danny Southwick getting thrusted in. How late into that? I mean, I, I've said on this show, you know, and been told we've been told by others like you know arena you're able to get a little concepts a little bit faster you still got to get some time under your belt yeah 
you know, with your receivers and getting timings down there, there was definitely were some moments that it felt like, yeah, either like forced in or towns in like, you know, a lot of, a lot of deep balls to nowhere is what I was seeing a lot of time. It's like, maybe that was a result of limited practice and limited timing and communication with that. Yeah. You know? uh, and that, that's what you can get with a buy. You know, you want to go in and with Albany coming up, you really want to get yourself adjusted because I mean, Jacksonville, we, we know this, they had three straight losses of one possession or right at the final buzzer going to over, going into an overtime game. That was a lot of that second half was a lot of aggression and frustration being like, we're finishing this darn thing. We cannot go. Oh, and four in front of our home crowd. We are not going to do, do this and blow us another game in front of, in front of our crowd in the shark tank. And they took care of their rival. You know, that, that's at least a start. It t- a lot of positives were coming out. As we said with the sharks, there's a lot of things to take away. They were right on the cusp. They get that first win. Let's see if that steamroller keeps on a rolling now mm. and that they can smooth things out. Cause this is still a potent sharks team. I mean, they're, they're right in the thick of it. I have no problem with it, seeing if they can keep this going. Like we've, we've seen, we've talked about this last week and previous weeks, Jacksonville could be four and right. They could easily be four and Columbus could very well be and three right now. That's strange. What the arena game is when people say, Oh, Jacksonville is just a bad team. at own three. Uh, technically not really. It's only six teams in the league. You need to be in the top four. I'm just saying that you don't want to play Jacksonville in the playoffs if they start getting rolling. Well, and if if Malik gets in there or when Faithful gets in there or, or Damian May gets in there, whoever gets in there, it's it's starting to look like Jacksonville is understanding what type of team they are. Well, and Malik and, is settling down like you're, exactly. you're talking about. You know, not and, just throwing up the long bomb anymore. There, there were some plays in that game against Columbus. Columbus was doing the approach with Albany. It was like, beat us deep, and when he wasn't thrown deep, he was hitting the crossing routes, getting uh, Nooney Murray or uh, Nooney Naquan Murray, by the way, Naquan Murray. Yep. Nooney is his nickname. Um, Rob Jones hitting the slant routes and begging Columbus defenders to play the short game. That's when you were getting guys deep down the field that teams were taken out of Jackson's game plan because that's the only thing Malik was doing. And now that is everything's been settled down some, you're getting that overall landscape of now Jacksonville's mid-range offense is being wide open for execution where teams now have to go, crap, we have Devin Wilson here, but we got two hot rods in Naquan and Rob Jones that can do those five-yard slant routes or there's post routes, and you got to cover them. If not, Devin Wilson is going to just be hightailing to the end zone and just taking catches over the wall and standing on top of the wall with the spotlight on them which was one of, the, one of the better catches I've seen overall. But overall, I think the game's good. The next game on the schedule happened in Orlando on Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday matinee, like for all you yeah. old-timers. I did get some beat back from that, by the way. A lot of people didn't like my comment about old-timers and matinee. They said it's the cheapest way to go see a film. And I said they're not called films, they're called movies. See, even bashing the old-timers Sorry. again. It's, it's cinema. Oh, uh, it's cinema. cinema. Yeah. Yeah. But are, are you are you still driving to your theaters, like actually watching in your car type of theaters? Um, anyways, man, I'm getting the older population bashing me even more, I guarantee it. But uh, yeah. but the other game was actually a more intriguing matchup down in Orlando, where the undefeated Carolina Cobras visited the Orlando Predators or yeah, visited Orlando and the Amway Center into a game that really was, in my opinion, unique. To point to my opinion for the game, 
Orlando's getting better. The record doesn't show it. They're getting better. And it felt like Carolina was going through the motions. And usually when a team presents that, it's not a good idea. But teams are used to, and even in NFL, you have those going through the motion games. And I think that was one of them for the or, or, or Carolina Cobras. But overall, 36-34 was the final score, two-point game. Carolina finally gets there. Oh, my God, we just held on for a victory type of moment in Orlando. We're not going to talk about what happened at the end of the game. We did that a couple weeks ago. We're not here to bash penalties <sighs> in situation. But overall, things that impressed me. Cato's settling down. He's finding his weapons, finding the outlaw, finding Larry Beavers. What, what sucks about Orlando is Brandon Fuentes. Um, but overall, if you look over in Carolina, I think they just had an off night. But still, they got the W. If you have an off night and you get the win, like the saying goes, I'd rather have an ugly win than terrible loss. Carolina got that ugly win over Orlando this past weekend. Man, I'll tell you, I, you say play down, I say play up. I think the Predators were playing up to their opponents in this one. Defense oh, really? was the – yeah, I think so. Okay. I think – look, defense was the was the name – was the theme of the day. That That's what it is. 36-34 in an arena setting, that's low scoring for anyone that's new to the game. That is oh, yeah. that is not – that is like – that's like third quarter score usually or like late – or maybe mid-fourth if I – if you're really being conservative, I guess – so the fact that we got this tight of a game, the two were really throwing their haymakers on defense, kind of stifling one another. Uh, I was impressed with Orlando kind of slowing down the Cobras here uh, and keeping the momentum, at least defensively, that we were seeing at times so far early in the go- early going and from last year. You know, I think the Predators are kind of going through some of the similar motions they had last season. Um, they're figuring things out as the season's going into its mid going closer to its yeah. midpoint. Uh, I think you're going to keep seeing Rakeem Cato move in an upward trajectory. He's finding guys he's comfortable with. Larry Beavers keeps on showing up more and more. Guy is becoming kind of one of his go-to targets at this point in the season. Obviously, Lonnie Outlaw getting adjusted there. Um, I will applaud the secondary for the Predators a lot. Josh Jenkins had a heck of a day himself. You know, too bad Fuentes is going out. That's the only thing that stinks there. I really, you know, he's been playing solid both ways. Um, that is going to be a loss for them, of course, but nonetheless, you know, you got to carry on. We'll keep the status up with that and keep yeah. an eye. Um, someone else, I mean, a few others got to, of course, point out too. Um, you know, I also thought that uh, Brian Foy, you know, had a solid day on defense as well for himself. Um, the Predators, they're getting things down, you know, and last two weeks have played in front of the jungle. I think you made the comment last week. It seems like they go back home. They're one of those teams that thrives off of the at- atmosphere of being at their home arena. Uh, and it shows, you know, I re- the Predators were a few extra point kicks away from taking this one. And, you know, you, you hinted a bad call and I'll just reiterate. Yeah. They were one bad call from maybe flipping the script and walking off of uh, the turf on Sunday afternoon with their own victory going to get to two and two, you know, and it, it's funny. Um, someone pointed out too. Same, same crew from the Columbus Jacksonville game was actually at this Orlando game. That's all I'm going to mention yeah. of that. I just wanted to put that out as a fun little uh, fact for your weekend. Uh, nonetheless, Preds, I got to give you kudos. However, moral victories don't get you to the playoffs. And with Jacksonville looking like they are getting things more established, those matchups between the in-state rivals 
are becoming more and more crystal clear as to who will get that third or fourth seed. I mean, to be frank, the way Columbus fell apart and how Orlando's held up in recent weeks, you know, sans late, either late, late disasters on offense or, you know, just tight games against good opponents like the Carolina Cobras are. I mean, those Lions games, those Preds games against the Sharks, you know, those are going to be ones I think every week now you're going to be like, who's going to establish things faster? Who's going to get themselves into a winning way and get those wins in the column first and foremost? Uh, Jeff Higgins figuring things out there, you know, uh, and I think Rakeem Cato, I don't know if he listens to this show or not, but he does seem to be taking our advice of, hey, that pocket's going to stay around you. You just got to be able to throw it real quick or Sometimes with your feet, it isn't always about moving left and right, moving north or west and east, north and south sometimes helps you find some uh, avenues to get a nice throwing lane, as we saw on Sunday. So good stuff. However, the Cobras, of course, very talented roster. They stuck through it till the end, of course, and they're the last ones holding the ball when things were all said and done. They just needed to convert one last first down. That was it. Just hold it for the clock. Uh, Maybe perhaps a bit of an off game. I think it was a great defensive effort by Orlando that really stifled them. Uh, Funny enough, we had that turf talk with Coach Rezin, Jonathan Bain, and they were mentioning, well, he's only been sacked one time this year. I can recall instantly at least two times that Jonathan hit the turf. They were getting after him as well. You know, not as much as, say, Jacksonville after Danny Southwick, but they were definitely giving Jonathan Bain a bit of a day trying to maneuver the pocket and not having to hit the turf when needed. Kudos to the well, Preds. The Danny Southwick situation, that's very rare that you see in the arena game. Ten it times? Is. Orlando, what, two times? That's that's common. But ten mm-hmm. times in the game? I think the last time it's been – I think the last – I think the team that has the record, I think, is Jacksonville against Lee and Lehigh Valley back, I want to say, 2018 or 2017. They got 11. Still, yeah, Bain's only been t- – but still, Bain's only been touched three times. Mm-hmm. That's hell. That's a four games. Not bad. Not, not bad at all. Yeah, but well, like, I guarantee you, just... Bain and Coach Coach Rez, they'll take him getting sacked three times and trade that in for a four zero start. Right. I mean, that's that's what you got to take home it, with how Albany. You know, they get a bye week, of course, this past week. But yeah. with how Albany, you know, they're two and zero now. They're showing that you know they're currently one of the guys that's going to be making the best argument for being there when the championship comes, August thirteenth. You know, you need to make sure that you're staying in front of things to where you give yourself the best chance of not only, you know, keeping that potential uh, home playoff seed, but potential championship game levels too. I am thinking a little ahead. You know, Coach Rez stresses, you know, every week's a one and no start, but still, you got to acknowledge they're one of those teams. If we're folks in the arena scene, they're right now sticking out is that they'll be there August 13th. Unless things happen to slide by and they just, you know, sometimes teams go through a tough matchup. The Preds came out, had a defensive stifling effort. Good teams find ways to win though. It also helps when you have a kicker like TC Stevens, who with a K ball nailing deuces (laughs) left and right on Sunday too. Can't leave that out. That was extremely important Um, for them pulling this thing off. But a little, a little, a little birdie, told me um that it looks like he will be the specialist of the week um i can't confirm or deny this birdie but if we're the official podcast of the national arena league and a birdie tells me about a player award 99.9 percent chance i couldn't see how he isn't considering some of those deuces actually also 
arguably flip how the game ends on the scoreboard too. You can talk about how the Preds missed some extra points, but TC Stevens nailing one or two deuce, nailing a few deuces himself in max that extends your leads. It makes it more than one possession games. You can't argue that that doesn't have an impact, especially now they're using a K ball. So there's been seven deuces so far in the national arena league, and they all been made in one arena. Funny how that works, right? Back-to-back weeks, one arena. And by two separate teams that don't play in that arena. Is the uh, jungle a little higher altitude? (laughs) Those things just float a little more. (laughs) What's the altitude in Orlando? It's 17 feet, sir. It's more like a a Nepal jungle. You know, it's it's up here on a cliff. Uh, we yeah. built out the fifty yard. We built out the fifty yard walled walled arena there for you. Some of the some of the local fair have come out to. Uh, so and so so like how Denver's the mile high and it's NFL Orlando. Mm-hmm. We could call it the. Yeah, it's about a foot high, just in foot, arena foot dimensions. High. So it's considered like a mile high. <laughs> so yeah, because um, yeah, you got to shrink them up, so it can't be a mile up. It's got to be. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a quarter mile higher, like yeah, <laughs> something like um, that. Uh, now, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on in Orlando. I just think the arena just sits, suits better right now for the game. I, I guess, uh, the stuff, but I think eventually it would be league wide. It's getting there. Overall, interesting week. Jacksonville made a major statement this week. Um, they're not done. One and three. They're getting to the part of the schedule. They got they got Albany and Carolina next on their slate. I think I'm not going to predict now who I think about to this week's winner. That'll be on Friday's show. Yep. Um, but I think in the next two, I think Carolina is going to be suffering their first loss here pretty soon. Ooh. And the next two games they play is San Antonio and Jacksonville. You got two in to see who I pick. Um, but Jacksonville is getting to a part of their schedule where they played the gunslingers three games against Orlando and the Lions smash in between the six week stretch. If Jacksonville's hitting Hall Sellers and they play like they did against Columbus, like they did in this six-week stretch, we might look at the schedule here in six weeks ago. A six and four Jacksonville team? Six and three? Nine and uh, seven and three? How the tables can turn, that's a fascinating arena can game go. But we can't just, you know, praise Jacksonville. We also got to look at Carolina. They're still getting it done. They're going one and zero each week. Bill uh, Bill Coward. Former Pittsburgh Steelers coach had a great comment. No matter what you do on Sundays, if you get the W, who gives a crap what everyone else says? Exactly. They can look at the scoreboard. He didn't got fined by the NFL. Said that I didn't want to say the actual he said because it's kind of well. I mean, <laughs> also coaches in a bit of an issue. <laughs> yeah, so. um, but they're four zero. They're on top of the top of the NAL world right now. They're looking down. Albany's right on their tails. Columbus is two and one, but the narrative for Columbus is different now than we thought just a couple of weeks ago. It but it's going to intriguing this week. I'm, uh, I'm coming up on the final walkthrough on Friday. We will be previewing two games, San Antonio traveling to Carolina and the Jacksonville Sharks traveling to Albany to complete their two game series against the Albany Empire in the rematch of the overtime game that came down to an extra point. So let's just see how the narrative switch. But speaking of Albany, Coming on YouTube tomorrow here on Turf Talk on Inside the Walls podcast, we are joined by Sam Castronova, a.k.a. Supernova of the Albany Empire. And we discussed about what Albany is doing, how he adjusted from last season to this season. And we kind of make a couple of jokes about 
me butchering his name last year um, into the nickname of Supernova, which is kind of a debate between us and a certain show up in Albany of who gave him that nickname first. It's he'll Levesque will say something. I'll say something. But tune in tomorrow's stuff, show. Yeah, it's hard yeah. stuff, Jeff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and guys, of course, we got to give uh, oh, the, course, the play-by-play announcer some love to guys of his association. But yeah, uh, Sam came on the show and we can't wait for having you having you guys listen to the broadcast, especially you fans up in Albany, New York, who are big supporters of the show. Big downloads come from the state of New York. We appreciate it. Again, thank you. 4,000 downloads so far. So that means that we're doing something right here and that you guys come to us uh, about for your NAL needs. Oh, yeah. Also, I want to make a statement about certain things that are happening around the league, about rumors. I'm just telling tell me and Zach, I want to tell you this. By my hearts, we do not report on rumors. We do not. We are associated with the National Marine League, and we go by the National Marine League. If we say something about a certain matter that's happening currently in the National Marine League, and we say something, and we back it up, it's actual fact. So when you hear that's rumors right. out there, and you go, hey, Jim, hey, Zach, we're hearing this, this, and this. Can you give us confirmation? If we don't confirm it, it's not legit. So for you guys to tune in to us every single week, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, and download our stuff to listen to us give you NAL content, and appreciate it with much love and respect. But me and Zach have a passion for this. We're not going to give you information that is not accurate and post it like it's facts. We are not that type of show. We have seen a lot of professional leagues in this in this niche sport that we love in arena the, football. The, the landscape is the landscape. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, you, I'm you just did used it right. To other. You know what the you, you know what we mean. You know what we mean. Yeah, the landscape. We've seen reports from other sources break news that was completely false and damaging to thus what league it was reported on that that league or team. Can never recover. Here on the uh, here on Inside the Walls podcast associated with National Marine League, we will not report on anything until we get written from written consent of approval from all six sources of the National Marine League, including the commissioner himself, Chris Siegfried, and the association with NAL. But then, then if you hear any rumors, there are rumors. If you reach out to us and say, "Hey, do you have any confirmation?" We can't either confirm or deny. We do not report on rumors, but we are here to give you accurate information of the National Arena League. That's much. I want to see if Zach has anything else to add on to that statement. No, I mean, look, we we try. We've told you guys on many shows. We we pride ourselves on putting out accurate things. We have connections and are now part of the NAL kind of uh, at least atmosphere. You know, at least with those with these folks, we we pride ourselves on being the official show. We really thank them for that. And, you know, they've been up front with us and keeping us informed. So, you know, right now, you know, we just want to let you know, you hear it from us. That's from the league too. So keep that in mind when you tune in with stuff, you know, just to, just something that you want to, if you're going to observe that when you hear us talk about stories, take that home with you. So when over the last couple of months, especially in the off season, we fans know the, the rumors that spread around leagues and we get excited about such rumors. We just want to tell you guys, if we report it and it's on either of our social media devices or the NEL retweets any of our stuff, it's legit. It's not what people, what was the term they said last year? 
fake news. We're not. We're not that type of people. Yeah, sorry, I'm not going to do my Trump impersonation. I don't want to piss off people. But anyways, I just want to say to you, the fans out there in the National Arena, let's see you're laughing now, Zach. That's not fun. Pay attention. You're the one that ring, brought it Pay up. What are, you, what are you expecting? It's me. What do you expect? It's Jim. It's me. And you think this is crazy? Just get ready, ready for August 13th, man. I know it's going to be crazy. I'm just saying. <laughs> just saying. No, it's going to oh, be I'm crazy. Just saying. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I'm, it's like, well, I've had messages for James. You need me more, you know, lively. I can't. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you for tuning into this week of the Inside the Walls podcast. And we'll be back next week for some NAL. Or we'll be back Thursday and Friday for more NAL action. <laughs>